Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to the Man in the Post's pre-season preview show. Joining me on this episode, we have Wolves fan, Matt Cooper. Matt, how are we? I'm very well, thank you, Matt. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Thank you very much for joining me. You've no idea how hard it is to try and get 20 fans in the space of a week. (laughs) No, I I can imagine, Matt. I I, I respect the hustle. (laughs) It's been mad. um, And I've only got Watford and Brentford to find them. For some teams that have got so many podcasts, it's hard to try and get in touch with them. Um, but anyway, that. on the Wolves. Now, two seasons ago when Wolves came up, uh, they pretty much became a lot of people's second team, I feel. Um, the year they had in the Championship, obviously, with the, kind of the reputation as the big spenders. They were bringing in players that a lot of people had heard of. They are playing nice football under Nuno. Um, I was a big, massive fan of uh, ne- uh, Neves. And then when you came up, Obviously, what a season you had in the first year. Then last season, talk to me about how how last year, now the dust has settled. I mean, how you feel it went and what uh, went wrong. Mate, it's just complete capitulation. Um, I think one of the one of the overarching issues with with last season is recruitment at Wolves for the past two seasons. I'd say taking into consider last season, season before has been poor. The season before we got away with it. Last season we kind of reaped what we sowed. Um, the, the the recruitment was poor, and it just it just got stale. I think that there's, uh, all good things do come to an end, and I feel like that was the case with with, with Nuno. Of course, he, he 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 did wonders with that squad, did wonders for the club, and I was one of the, the fans who called for his head in January after we lost to West Brom, and the amount of abuse I got for that was um, was 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 shocking. Really, um, he looked like a man who was bereft of confidence. He didn't want to be there anymore. And I think that showed towards the last stages of the season. It was just a complete disaster from start to finish. Now you could you could pin that season on the loss of Jimenez early on, and of course that is a variable that that would affect most clubs if you lost your talisman. Who I genuinely believe that Jimenez is probably top three, top four strikers in, in Premier League. He's he's unbelievable. So when you lose your talisman, of course it's going to be a tough season ahead. But that didn't kind of make up for the for the for, for the whole season. We we were playing really poorly and within ourselves when Jimenez was in the team and then as soon as he took him out it, it got worse and worse. It was it was horrendous to watch and a far cry from the wolves that came up and and the first season in the Premier League. Yeah, no, we, we we spoke about it on the our weekend review show that we do. And as you say, Nuno just looked lost, almost out of his depth at times as a manager who was tipped to go on to Almost a, to a bigger club than Wolves um, the season before. Yeah. You know, he was always in line with the Arsenal job. It seemed, um, obviously, which will come on to soon. He obviously moved on to Spurs, um, but those were the types of jobs. But I, I mean, I was kind of surprised after the season he had that Spurs actually went well that way. But 
Yeah, I thought. I, I, I mean, it was. I think you and I were probably on Spurs' list before Nuno. Uh, <laughs> it was. It, it they kind of worked, whittled the way down, didn't they? I mean, they had, they had Fonseca. Um, obviously, Nagelsmann was was the first choice, and I, I, Everton fans didn't want Nuno, and I don't think Spurs fans wanted Nuno. But it's 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 come to it, and um, I genuinely do wish him all the best because he's brought me some of the most amazing memories, not just in football, but in my life. I mean, going to watch Wolves in Europe, I was. I've been supporting what I'm 25 now all my life. It's it's in it's in the blood, and going to Europe and watching Wolves is absolutely incredible experience. But in football, mate, at the top, there's no time for sentiment, and he, oh, need, he needed to go. Yeah, so well, we'll move on to the summer then. And you appointed a former Benfica manager, I believe it was Bruno yep. Bruno Lage. Is that how you pronounce it? It's uh, we on, on the Talking Balls podcast, and normally get quite a bit of banter about my uh, Portuguese pronunciations. <laughs> I do my best to pronounce stuff uh, as as Portuguese as I can. So his name in Portugal is Brunlage, um, right. but but to everyone in Wolverhampton, he's Bruno Lager. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like Bruno Lager better. Yeah, um, I like Lager as well, mate. Sounds yeah. good to me. <laughs> I mean, a manager, I can't say I've heard too much about. I mean, do you know much of him, and what are you expecting from him in the season? Um, I mean, we've also heavily linked with Portugal. You, you, okay. you keep an eye on the Premier League, um, but obviously, when it, when he was linked with Wolves, and we did a lot of research into it. And to be fair, mate, we were we were excited because at, at Benfica he was uh, he was a, a youth coach, and he got promoted to the manager after their manager left, and he he brought in players like uh, Florentine Luis and and Joao Felix, who went for what was one hundred thirteen million to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Um, he played a really attacking brand of football. So his, his, his typical uh, kind of philosophy at Benfica was a four-four-two with a, a double kind of pivot, two big numbers, number eights in the midfield. Um, you'd have your, your wide forwards who tendencies to to kind of come inside. You'd have your archetypal number nine, which was uh, Vinicius or uh, Seferovic. But then you also had another striker up front who would come short, which was Joao Felix. And there's a, there's a real kind of emphasis on the wing backs, uh, the full backs, which was uh, Alex Gramado at the time. And I can't remember the other right back, but to bomb on. And when we heard that, we were like, this is such a difference to what we've been accustomed to under Nuno in the, in the, in the previous season. So we were really excited, but it hasn't been that way in pre-season, I must admit. Yeah, I mean, you, that's that's a bit disappointing, as you say, if you've got expectations. The only the only positive thing you could say is it is pre-season, hopefully, as he settles in and more and more players come back. Um, I mean, on, on the players in the summer, Matt, uh, obviously, uh, Jimenez, sorry, name just totally lost me there. Jimenez obviously been back. It genuinely, I hate the cliche, but it genuinely will be like... Uh, <laughs> um, so it's yeah. great having him, but obviously a negative before we go on to the positive of Jimenez coming back in any Indians, you did obviously lose Rui Patricio. Um, yes. Uh, it, uh, I, was, I was a goalkeeper myself. I played at quite a, quite a decent level and right. I've always been really critical of Patricio. I think, okay. yeah, um, I, I mean, on the eyes, he's, he's an unbelievable shot stopper. Um, but his faults were he for someone of his size, six foot three, his commanding of his area was poor and his distribution was 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 very poor too. You'd always see teams pushing up on walls from goal kicks because he, he very rarely cleared the halfway line. So before oh, you've right. even before you've even taken a goal kick, you you're putting your team under pressure and it's very very often that he'd, he'd put a ball out for a throw straight from a goal kick and like he's kept us in so many games, but last season, as most players did, he had a bit of an off season. But to get 
to get circa 12, 13 million pounds for a 33 year old with one year left on his deal or two years left on his deal. I think it's fantastic business by the club. And then to bring in a, a, a replacement in Jose Saru, has, has, has played at Olympiacos, which obviously Champions League experience. Still got a bit of a point to prove, but his distribution is commanding in his area and he's just confidence to to come out and kind of boss that 18-yard box. He, he's there to be seen. So wasn't really too fussed about Patricio, but going back to Jimenez, watching every game pre-season, dare I say, he looks even better. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean... The, the the good thing f- with his injury, not, no, I'm trying to word this in a, a way that doesn't. Make- <laughs> yeah, that's no, all right, mate. <laughs> obviously, his injury is a very serious injury, but it's not yeah. one that's affected his his legs in any way. Do you know what I mean? So he's been yeah. able to train and stay sharp while resting at the same time. So if yeah. not that he's going to get over a fracture of skill in a way, but if he, uh, you as you say, if he's looking good in preseason, I'm guessing the mental aspect's almost gone from that. Oh mate, I, I mean, I've I've watched every preseason game um, this season. Obviously, doing what we do, we can't we we kind of have to. And he he's absolutely flying into headers, and I mean, like he's oh, wow. battling the biggest centre halves, and he's going up there and he's giving them some. And it's it's fantastic to see. He's going to be wearing a protective headgear, which gets the gets changed every every game apparently. But he just looks being back to the Jimenez of of, of old, and it was a, it was a horrific injury and. I mean, selfishly, our concerns were, oh, God, I hope he comes back this season. But then the bigger picture is, you know, he's, he's got a missus, he's got kids. Yeah. You know, it, it was touch and go at, at some points. Um, but he looks, he, he look, it, it reminds me of when you get Jimenez and he scored maybe five in his last 12 and he's pulling off fancy flicks, he's, he's, he's mugging defenders off, he's, he's ruthless inside the box, he looks like that player again. And if you've got a fully fit Jimenez on form, You've got every chance of beating someone because he, that, uh, and there might be some bias in this, but he is he's unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's really exciting because you're talking before his injury. As a Liverpool fan, I wanted him as the the Firmino replacement. I thought he was built in for that. I loved yeah. I loved these off the ball running. He was he's almost a selfless striker whilst being threatening, and that's obviously Liverpool fans' biggest criticism of. For me, uh, no. for me, no, the goal yeah. threat's not quite there. He, he brings a lot to the table, but um, so Jimenez coming back, obviously aside. What other incomings have you done? Um, and apart from Patricio again, any other outgoings? Um, just thinking about goings. We uh, Ruben Vinagre went to Sporting, the left back. He was on loan last season in Portugal. Uh, I, I think that the, the decision to sign Ryan Nori on a, on a permanent transfer. Kind of forced uh, Vinagre out out the club. Eight uh, Nori is, is a good player. He's young. He's very raw. Um, defensively, a little bit lacking, but going forward as as a wing back, he's exactly what you want. Very tricky on the ball. Um, we've signed Francis Trincao from Barcelona, which again, shrewd bit of business on loan with a, a future fee of twenty five million, which is um, mandatory. Uh, it's not mandatory. Sorry, it's an optional fee. Um, had had a very good season at Braga, went to Barcelona, but you're competing with the likes of Usman Dembele, Lionel Messi, Griezmann, Ansu Fati. Didn't really get a look in, um, but that he's a good player. That's a good piece of piece, piece of business. But he's he's very lightweight. He's going to have to bulk up. And we've also signed a favourite Colombian centre half in uh, Jesson Mosquera. He is he's he's only a young lad. He's very raw, but. You can tell already he's going to be a fan favourite. He's he's about six foot three, built like the proverbial brick toilet, and he's quick and he loves a tackle. Unfortunately, he's injured for the Leicester game, but 
to sign him for five million, I think is kudos to the scouting to the scouting department because he does he does look a good player, and I think under a good coach and more first team minutes, he could be you know a, a good level Premier League centre half. That's yeah, that's very promising. I mean, I, I, another rumor I was reading. I don't know how much truth there is. I mean, you might be nowhere near me, but you, it seems you guys are favourites to sign Coutinho on loan as well. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little story about this, mate. And the the reason why this, it's really funny, to be honest. The reason why we were favourite to sign Coutinho, there's, there's, a, there's a hotel in Wolverhampton called The Mount, which is right by the Walls ground. And if there's any kind of incomings, they'll base a player at The Mount. Or right. say if a player a player's come in and they're still trying to find a property. They will, they will, they'll be in the mountain hotel until they find a property. And one of the the chefs at, at the hotel got mixed up with, with between Philip Coutinho and Patrick Catrone, who's obviously oh. just gone out on loan to Estoril. And he meant to say Catrone, but he said Coutinho. Oh. And the rumours went wild, but it was in fact Patrick Catrone, not Philip Coutinho. Oh, here's me intrigued to get to see Coutinho back in the Premier League and see what he would bring as well. It would be a good yeah. signing for you guys. <laughs> he, he would, and you know what? He'd fit the system perfectly, but I Very, think his yeah. his wages and stuff. I mean, never say never, but I think we're looking in, in the bargain basements at the minute, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I think you might get anything from the bargain basement out of Barcelona at the moment, so it might be might be worth trying. Uh, uh, there's there's, there's <laughs> some good business to be had there, but it's, yeah, it, uh, uh, fans are starting to really turn now, and I'm. I've, Trying to remain positive, I, I think we'll we'll still bring in two or three more players towards the end of the window. But fans want signings and fans want ambition that matches uh, the, the the narrative led by the board, which was a few years ago. We want to be bigger than Man City. Now it's more about self sufficiency, which is frustrating. But I'm, I'm still confident we'll bring in two or three more. Yeah, you're more confident than I am at my club. So um, <laughs> we need mind. players, I might you don't. <laughs> I don't know about that. We're we're going to a squad with, with less players than we came out of last season. Um, <laughs> I'm still not sure how that works. But um, well, on to the season ahead. I mean, I mean, you said you you're almost dreading the start of the season, but obviously come tomorrow morning, um, you're going to be so excited. So I am, what's, yeah. your, what's your prediction for the the season ahead? Give me a Mate, give me a, a ballpark number where you think you'll finish. The amount of people who have asked me where are Wolves going to finish this season, and I, I give them the same answer. When asked me on the first of September, when I know what squad we've got, if we've got the squad we've got now, I'm I'm saying thirteenth, fourteenth, mate. Genuinely, right. it just need it needs a refresh. There's some really good players in there. Huben Neves was, he's looks back to his best. He's playing further up the field. His, his defensive contribution is fantastic, but also offensively now he's he's picking those passes off that we saw in the Championship. I think that. Nelson Samedo will have a better season. Obviously, Neto's coming back, who is a phenomenal player. Who, who, who he have a good season. Will also be gone next year, but it just feels a little bit like a Nuno hangover. We've been playing a back five in pre-season, which is disappointing. But the defence that the centre half options that Bruno Lage has got means that you can't really trust any of them in a back four. Yeah. I think if we sign, if we sign another good centre half. We'll go back to a back four because I think that's what the plan is. But he just doesn't trust the players he's got at the minute defensively. And you know what? I, I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, well, Cody's probably one of your better centre halves, and he's not really suited to a to a back a four. four. No. Yeah, he, just, he looks a bit suspect. Um, I think a lot of people feel the same as yourself when I've done this. You know, they've given me two 
two positions where they're likely to finish, depending on how the window closes. And unfortunately, that's just the nature of when we're doing the show. Um, well, lastly, I, I look for three players from yourself then, Matt. Um, a player who you reckon will be Wolves player of the season, which I, I assume I know who you're going to go there. Um, a player, this one might be a bit easier, a player for opposition fans to kind of look out for, you know, not your maybe not yeah. your obvious one, kind of just that standout player. And then a fantasy football prospect. Okay, so player of the season, I think it's it's a toss-up and if we keep him or not, between Huben Neves and, and Jimenez. Um, we saw last season Neves playing a lot deeper, not affecting games. Defensively, absolutely spot on. Like he's, he's up there. I think there's only Josh Brownell who's got more interceptions and, and Deedy got more tackles last season. There's no one else as, as good as Neves. I think... It's over him because what I've seen from pre-season is so exciting. He's back to he's back to the Nevers we saw in the in the championship. You know, world class talent. It's either him or Jimenez. Um, yeah. I think one to look out for. Uh, it's it, it's a difficult one because I think I, I've been banging the Adama Traore drum ever since he come to Wolves. <laughs> uh, people say he's got no end product and stuff, which I get, but. The, the bloke is phenomenal. I would pay. I would pay my admission fee to see him every single week. He's so exciting, and he has a tendency when he does turn up, he will turn any game on its head. But he saw what he did with Man City a couple of years yeah. ago, home and away, absolutely tore him a new one. So for me, I'd say watch out for Adama. He looks. He looks good in pre-season. Dare I say it, he looks even bigger than last season. I didn't think it was possible. But I don't, I don't, I don't know what the feed of him, mate. But <laughs> must be on the Cowan guy. He's huge. He's absolutely massive. And I think a player to watch out for in fantasy. Now, you'll have to forgive me because I don't... With, with fantasy football, I start the season with, with, with good intentions. And after game week two, when I'm bottom of the league, I think oh, I'm deleting the app. But I think with the emphasis of, of, of wing-backs bombing on, I would say Nelson Semedo... Because he looks good in pre-season, he's better going forward than he's defensively. And I think with that philosophy, he's going to get a few assists in him. And if you're crossing balls into him and as it lands on his head, there's only one way it's going into the back of the net. So I'd say Nelson Samada. Yeah, I like that. And then lastly, one one just to spring out on you. A player that you would love to see leave the club and you would personally drive them to their destination. <laughs> Mate, you can't ask me that. Joao Moutinho. Purely because he's, I'd probably say in the first season, he's probably the best footballer I've seen in in Wolves colours. Everything he's done is he's right. He's still still an integral member of the squad. His legs are gone somewhat, but he's on 110, 120 grand a week. And he's, what, 34 now. For me, if we could could get him off the wage bill, that would be the one, purely from an economical point of view. So I've got so much respect for him, mate. He's uh, that first season in the Premier League, he's just an absolute Rolls Royce, five foot seven of football heaven. Um, but from a purely financial point of view, it'd have to be him. I like that. That's uh, a nice politically correct answer as well. Um, <laughs> well, that's that brings me to the end, buddy. I'm glad we managed to get it in, in time for. For yourself on this Friday evening and all that. Um, if you just like to let everyone know where they can find you online and, and again promote the podcast, pro all in. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Mate, well, thanks for having me on. I've, I've really enjoyed it. You can find me on Twitter at mcooperwrites, writes as in written, and you can follow Talking Walls across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube at Talking Walls. Perfect. And you can find us at Man and a Post on all your social media platforms and and Again, search the podcast wherever you can find podcasts. Possibly moving on to YouTube again this season. 
and we'll experiment as we go along. But thank you once again, Matt, for joining me. Um, again, it's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure, Matt. Thank, thank you at home for listening. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>